In this episode, I had a great opportunity to receive Mark Schaeffer, who is only a prolific marketing author. Not only we talk about his new book, Marketing Rebellion, but also we talk about what makes an online brand more human. Don't forget to leave a review on iTunes and also on SoundCloud. Welcome to Hashtag Travel Talks. It's your podcast on the latest digital trends in travel and tourism marketing. And here's your host, Nolly Nicholas. Welcome to a new episode of Torycast. And today I have the great pleasure to receive Mark Schiffer. So welcome, Mark. Well, thanks for having me. It's an honor to so, be here. You and I have been connected on social media for a long time so it's nice to finally meet you yeah also i want to thank you because now you are think quite busy with the release of your new book so thanks again oh you're welcome the book has gone uh very very well you know you never know when you're an author when you put a book out into the world how it's going to go but but this one has been very well received it's been very exciting to to be a part of Okay. So can you tell us about yourself, please? Well, I've had a long career in uh, sales and PR and marketing. Most of my career has been in marketing. That's what I I really love. Uh, I've always pretty much worked with uh, big companies. And about 10 years ago, uh, I started, uh, actually 10 and a half years ago now, I started my own business. I started uh, consulting and uh, writing, got involved in social media because that was really the hot thing back then. And I knew to be able to consult and, and teach that I'd have to learn about social media. And um, so I started to blog and create content and that sort of caught on. That led to speaking and books. And so now um, I consult on marketing strategy with big companies and uh, I continue to blog. I have a podcast and uh, I speak around the world. And of course, I've written seven books. My latest book is called Marketing Rebellion, The Most Human Company Wins. And um, I want to ask you, what brought you to write this book? Well, that's a great question. I, I, I never have a plan to write a, a book. I may never write another book, <laughs> but I... <laughs> I write a book when I see a question or a problem that I just can't figure out. And this time I saw that everywhere I went in the world, I, I travel quite a bit and meet with a lot of different business leaders. And they, I kept hearing the same thing over and over again. They said, we feel stuck. We feel overwhelmed. We think that our marketing for some reason doesn't really work like it used to. Mm -hmm. And I became curious about this because it was, it was everywhere. Even, even like CMOs at big companies were telling me this. And my hypothesis was that, well, people weren't just, just weren't keeping up with technology and they felt overwhelmed. And when I started digging into the problem and interviewing people and, and doing research, I discovered that, yes, technology is certainly moving fast and sort of moving away from us. 
But the bigger thing that I found is that our customers have moved away from us in a very dramatic way. And they've been moving away from us for some time. And most people just haven't seen it. They haven't realized it. And so we sort of have our head down in marketing, just doing things like we've always done them and maybe, you know, adjusting here and tweaking there and you know, changing our budget a little year to year. But meanwhile, the customers have taken this giant step away. And the realization that I made is that I'm not sure I know what it means to be a marketer anymore. It was really that dramatic. And it forced me to change my view of what it means to be in marketing and 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 the mindset we have to have to succeed in this world where the where consumers are empowered and consumers are really the marketing department today. And do you think also the fact that now they have, I would say, new tools like, I would say, digital marketing tools like um, Facebook and so on, is also the reason why they are, I think, lost because they have to approach the customer in a new way that before it was working really well. Mm -hmm. And uh, do you think also there's this, uh, I would say, dichotomy between the traditional and the new approach in marketing? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that's a very smart uh, observation. And I think it's worked both for marketers and, and sort of against marketers. Um, it's worked uh, against marketers because now with technology and things like social media and Facebook, the customers now are more connected, more interactive, more conversational with each other than ever before. You, If you enjoy a certain sports team or a certain hobby or you like gardening in a certain way, you can connect online with people all around the world. And those people, they have a tremendous amount of power, right? We're going to listen to people who are like us, who are have the same interests and passions as us before we're ever going to listen to a company. And so it's, it's created these hyper-empowered consumers. Um, now, to the extent that companies can use this tool to really connect in a meaningful and human way, it can really work. And I think in the early days of social media, it started out that way. I mean, I remember I was there in the early days and companies were really trying to staff their organizations in a new way. They were trying to understand social media. They're trying to be, be part of these human conversations. And then companies sort of do what they always do. They try to make it easier by automating it. And, and they were automating things that shouldn't have been automated. And everybody's sort of looking to use technology for the marketing easy button that, that just is not there anymore. And so today, technology has become the enemy of great marketing. And it's not because technology is bad. It's because technology is so good. It's so, it's so easy. It's, it's so inexpensive. And it's sort of intoxicating. And we use technologies, technology, and we apply technology to problems where it shouldn't be applied. It should still be a human interaction. And that's what's that's part of the reason why companies are getting into trouble. 
also, do you think also it's the fact that uh, a lot of companies are considering the impression like uh, they're considering like the the impression like the likes, the follower, mm -hmm. and so on, and they missed or forgot maybe the human impression? You know, I've been writing about this for quite a long time, Nolly, and I wrote several years ago that engagement is a lousy metric. <laughs> you can you can you can engage yourself broke. Yeah. And I'll give you an example. I wrote a blog post uh, in 2014 and it became one of the most famous blo marketing blog posts ever. It was called Content Shock. And this was a blog post that sort of I, I was thinking about content marketing and what was changing. And I predicted that content marketing was not going to be viable for some businesses in the future because the competition was going to grow and grow and grow and grow. It was going to become more and more expensive to compete and some companies would have to drop out. Well, I mean, I think that just sort of makes sense. But at the time, this was a very controversial post. And I received thousands of comments, literally thousands of comments. And I tried to respond to every single one. Now, if you're using engagement as a metric, this was a huge success. But as an individual business person, it, it took up three weeks of my life keeping up with that blog post and keeping up with the engagement. And it didn't bring me any other business. I mean, it sort of might have brought me a few new followers, you know, but but engagement like that, it's sort of like a spike. It, it, it doesn't really create any tangible, lasting economic benefits. And so it was a great engagement success, but it was a big business failure. And I think there is a place for engagement as a metric, especially in the early stages when a business is first getting into marketing, mm -hmm. when, it's, when, when they're first getting into social media. It's, it's a signpost that shows people are paying attention. Um, we're getting, you know, people are rewarding us. But at some point, you've, you've got to move beyond engagement as a metric. It, it, there's a weak tie between engagement and business benefits. And do you think also is the... The fact that the CMOs have to justify in some ways the way the reason to be on, let's say, on digital platform, mm -hmm. and somehow they abuse ab about the word, let's say, ROI, so the return on investment. Mm -hmm. do, do you think also in some ways they were perverted by? getting absolutely a number of engage, engagement metrics. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I love that word, perverted. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, I love that. I think I, I, I'm going to use that again in the future. Yeah, I again. love that because I think you're exactly right. And, and you know, let's look, you know, I, I, I've got a lot of sympathy for people or who are in marketing today who are going to read my book and say, oh, my God, I don't know what to do next. This is really opening my eyes to some new change, some new things that we need to change. And 
one of the key things in marketing and in management is that you need to be able to measure it. If you can't measure it, you can't manage it. And things like likes and comments, that sort of engagement, it's so easy to measure. It's just black and white. They can go up, they can go down, they can be positive, they can be negative. It's beautiful. It's a great marketing metric, but it's not necessarily a meaningful marketing metric. But I think it is in the early stages, like I said, but long-term, it really isn't. Now, here's the challenge that we're all going to face going forward. There's a, there's a quote in my book that I think is a very, very powerful quote from one of the new agencies that I admire that is sort of moving in this new direction of human-centered marketing. If you move marketing in a way that's more focused on relationships than likes, Mm -hmm. that's harder to measure. And it's going to take some real courage as a marketing leader to move in that direction. And the quote from this agency leader, he said, you can either move at the pace of culture or you can measure. You probably can't do both. And that really scares me because I think he's right in some ways. We're going to have to push into areas of marketing with our customers and engaging with our customers in a meaningful way that are less easy to measure. An example, word of mouth marketing, where our customers carry stories forward, especially face-to-face. That is very difficult to measure almost impossible to measure, but it may be the most effective marketing that we can do today. And just because we can't measure it right now in the way that we, that fits neatly in a company dashboard, it doesn't mean that we can't do it or we shouldn't do it. And I think this idea, this question that you're asking me is very important because I think an, an inability to, to, to have something fit in a dashboard is going to cause people to stop. It's going to cause people to say, no, we can't go there because we can't measure it like we used to. And let me tell you something. If your competitors go there, you're going to be lost. It's going to take some courage to manage and market in this new era. Yes, yeah, especially because you can, would say, put a number on a feeling. So for example, mm-hmm. if yeah. I love a brand, good point. I can, the brand can, they can put a number from zero to 10 saying, yes, he likes our brand on a scale of 10. So mm-hmm. somehow they have to trust their guts. On yeah. them. <laughs> well, there are ways to, to measure this because this is such an important topic and such an important obstacle, I think, to marking progress. That I, that I do talk about this in the book. And I interviewed a, a measurement expert at the University of Tennessee, Julie Ferrara. And uh, what Dr. Ferrara said was that, look, you, you, you need to experiment in some of these new areas. And you need to, it's hard to measure because there's no history. You don't really know what to expect. And she said, what you need to do is like project, all right, if this is successful, what are some of the things that could happen? And then measure those things and learn from that. And then next time you're going to be smarter. Say, well, 
Did it meet our expectations or do we need to do something a little bit differently next time? And so you need to rethink, reimagine measurement as you start to reimagine marketing. Okay. And uh, can you tell us what are the, some would say, effective ways of building a human brand in this, I would say, noisy world? Well, in my book, literally, there are hundreds of different ideas, but I've sort of broken it into some main themes that I call the constant human truths. Mm -hmm. And I was inspired by uh, Jeff Bezos and his success at Amazon because there was an interview in Wired magazine where they asked Jeff, they said, well, what is the most exciting technology? How are things changing? And he said, well, that's a very good question and a very important question. But a more important question is what's not changing? Because you can build a business on that. What I know is that people always want low prices, wide selection, and fast delivery. That's not going to change. It's impossible for me to think that 10 years, people are going to say, Jeff, I love Amazon, but I want to pay higher prices. So what he's done is he's organized the technology to serve those constant human needs. And what I propose in the book is we look at marketing the same way. Instead of being obsessed with technology, that we organize our customers, or organize our marketing efforts to meet constant human needs, like, for example, belonging. Um, belonging, we're in, we have a belonging crisis in our world today. There's mm -hmm. overwhelming research that says that people are more lonely than ever, more isolated, more depressed than ever in recorded history. And a lot of this has to do with the amount of time people are sp spending on the web. Is there an opportunity for companies to help customers belong? This was a hard question for me to answer. I was rather skeptical about it, but the answer is yes, they do and they can. This is happening. And if you can create a company that helps people belong, if you can create a space, uh, a meaningful space and invite people in, then that leads to loyalty in a world where loyalty is declining. That's one of the things that you can yeah. do. People are searching for meaning in their life. How can we help people find meaning? That explains some of the things that we're seeing with bold marketing initiatives from Nike, from American Eagle, from Gillette with some of the things that they're doing. Um, over in Europe, you know, H&M, there's a lot of brands actually probably leading in Europe. America, as I think, is following in some ways. And um, so these are the things that I propose in the book, that we look at marketing in a new way and, in, and not think about our story or our why, but think about the customer's story and the customer's why and put that first. Okay, so we'll talk about the feeling of belonging. As you know, this is a um, podcast, I would say, aim to travel mm -hmm. and do you think also that belonging is also important for any travel brand for example it could be um uh, hotels or mm -hmm. a particular place also i think do you think it is the main thing to 
I would say, to think before saying, yes, we want to target those kind of customer or customer slash traveler. So what do you think? The first thing to, uh, to say to think is to find a sentiment of belonging. Yeah. Well, I, th I think that it, it's, it's a great question and, and just a huge opportunity that's largely overlooked in the travel industry. And there's an example I use in, in my book. Um, first, I, I talk about how loyalty is in decline, that mm -hmm. there's research that shows that um, only 13% of our customers are loyal typically, and 87% shop around. I'll bet it's even higher in the travel industry. And I'm one of those shop around customers. I don't care what hotel I stay at. I don't care what airline I fly. I truly don't. Except there's one hotel in New Brunswick, New Jersey. When I go up there to teach at Rutgers University, I always stay at the same hotel because the lady at the front desk knows me. Mm -hmm. And we're Facebook friends. And I know what's going on in her life and she knows what's going on in my life and we're friends. And I stay at that hotel because she knows me and she understands me and she loves me. And I may not love a hotel, but I love her. And that's why I stay there. And I think almost any sort of, of, of uh, company in the travel industry, they, they, they have to be thinking that way. And the, the, the important message I want to leave with your listeners is that we don't have a choice. This is what the customers are demanding. And in the long run, the customers always win. They always win. And we can see these trends happening. And if we don't change, we're going to you know, not just fall behind, we're going to become obsolete. So I think things like loyalty programs are really in decline right now. Um, I mean, there's always going to, and I also want to make sure, one of the things I emphasize in the book is that there's, there's no absolutes in marketing. The answer to every single marketing question in the world is it depends. And what I lay out in the book is, is a map with all these different destinations that you can go in marketing. I don't tell anybody, this is what you need to do, except that you need to go into this world with your eyes open. You can't just keep doing what you've been doing for the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. That's not going to work anymore. The traditional ways that we've abused people through technology, the traditional ways that we've interrupted and intercepted people through annoying advertising isn't going to work anymore. Um, uh, you know, uh, people are seeing less ads than they've ever seen before. If they see them, they probably don't believe them anyway. We have to look at a new way forward. I'm not going to tell you how to do it. I'm giving you lots of options in the book, but I think in the travel industry in particular, there are so many op opportunities because it's, it's, it's an industry filled with passion and joy yeah, and excitement. Awesome. It's coming alive. It's the most human feeling. And yet most people, uh, you know, enter 
the, the, the travel cycle with dread. Uh, there's a great example in the book um, that involves an airline that talks about just simply how you talk to people about their flights mm-hmm. and about delays and about the landing and about baggage claim. Even just being honest and open and human can completely disarm people and change their view of of the brand. And so and so few people in the travel business are doing that today. It's all about the numbers and efficiency and and we've really lost the human connection in a in a huge way. Especially because customer wants to connect with people not uh, about logos or the mm, yeah the motos and so on. I think I think a lot of brands are forgetting that they think that uh, if we have the nicest logos or the best, I would say tagline, yeah. they will come to us. Well, you can't you can't fall in love with a logo, and you can't fall in love with you know marketing content, but you can fall in love with a person. Mm-hmm. And so, how do we get people to carry our message today? The customers are the marketers. We have, and we we can't buy our way into that. We have to earn our way in. We have to be invited to that conversation. And it takes that. That's going to take a, a, a new way of thinking about marketing, uh, a very different way to think about marketing. But it's it's absolutely essential. We don't have a choice. Okay, so Mark, thank you for your insightful, uh, let's say, information. So now I have a last question for you, which is more, I'd say, personal is uh, what was your most memorable travel experience that you know i that is just so hard that it's it's, <laughs> it's it's so hard because i've i've been to 70 countries now and i i i love to travel it's sort of the thing that that my wife and i what we like to do and it's just so hard to pick one but i would say um over the last uh, couple, over the last, in the last 12 months, I knocked off the top three destinations on my bucket list, all in 12 months. Yeah. Costa Rica, Croatia, and Greece. Okay. Yeah. And so those have been wonderful, wonderful experiences. Um, I think the visiting the Cycladic Islands of uh, Greece was very, very special. I mean, it's hard to choose between those three. I mean, Croatia is an incredibly special place. Yeah, I, also I love there. Also, yeah, I love all the the nature uh, in in and the people in 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 Costa Rica are absolutely amazing. So, don't make me pick one, but I'll say those three were pretty amazing, and those were all in the last twelve months. And uh, yeah, I understand yeah. because also I went to the sea clads in mm-hmm. Greece, so mm-hmm. also in Croatia. So, I have to say it's difficult to say which one is was better yeah it's just they're breathtaking yeah so now how can i reach you on internet well it's very easy to find me i'm at businessesgrow.com and it's easy to find my blog i put out free content every week uh i have a podcast that's also free 
that uh, comes out every other week. And you can also find uh, my books there. I've written seven books on different aspects of marketing and uh, personal branding. Uh, and then my new book is called uh, Marketing Rebellion, The Most Human Company Wins. Yeah. So, Mark, thank you for your time. And uh, thank you again for taking uh, your precious time for my podcast. Well, thank you. It's been delightful. And thank you for being so prepared. Uh, it was a great interview. Thank you. Thank you.